Hello, ladies. Welcome back to the Encourager podcast. I'm so excited. I'm so excited. I am so excited. Today, I'm going to kick off a three-part series that is going to be epic. And it's my journey, which is crazy. It is wild. It is supernatural. It is, I can't even put it into words. So I'm really excited to share it with you. And part one today is going to be the atheist who found Jesus, like going from hating God to loving Jesus <laughs> and having that that 180 transformation. Part two, I'm going to do my supernatural healing. And I'm really excited for that story. It's so cool. It's amazing. And, and just, gosh, I'm just excited for you guys to see that Jesus still heals. So I'm really excited to share that story. And then part three, I'm going to go like a little deeper. There's like levels to this thing. Okay. There's like levels. Like first, it's like me getting saved. Second, it's being supernaturally healed. And third, I'm going to tell the story about when I was freed from demonic oppression. And so I'm really excited to share these stories, but there's going to be levels to this thing. Okay. We're going to wade into the water here. Um, the supernatural was something that I had no idea about. And it's such a huge part of my story because. In the beginning, like from young, a young age in life, like first memories, like, you know how sometimes your your first memories is, oh, like you're four years old and you're making pancakes with your grandma or you're four years old and uh, you're opening presents on Christmas or your birthday or a trip that you went on. And like my story, my very first memory that I can ever remember is like laying in my bed at night and I can remember things like seeing things in my room and I, could, I was laying in my bed. In my room, I could see down the stairs from my bedroom. And I remember like seeing things moving up the stairs into my room. And and it wasn't just at four years old. It was throughout my entire life. And so I'm really excited to share like the supernatural side to my story, which I don't feel like people talk about a lot. And even as a baby Christian, even when I first got saved, like I had no idea about like I had no idea even though those things that happened to me all the time I just thought I was fearful I thought it was the boogeyman right and then I came to learn that there's an enemy right there's an enemy that's after me that's after my soul and uh, so I'm really excited to just share this three-part series I'm really stoked on it I this will be the first time I really tell these stories publicly besides just like in in friends groups or or small groups and things like that so I'm super stoked. So stick around for this series. So let me get into how I went from being a total atheist to finding Jesus. And when I say I was a total atheist, my story really started with my family. Most all of my family is Catholic, raised Catholic, first communions, all of those things. My mom never took me through that process, but the rest of my family was Catholic, meaning like I would go to a funeral mass at church if someone died in our family. And we were the family that after my mom left the Catholic church, because she was like, why do I have to talk to a man to talk to God kind of thing? And we were not like, I love God. Thank you, God type of family. Like I never remember anyone ever saying those things in our house. Um, we were just like the churchgoers that went on Easter and Christmas uh, and went to the plays at the church. But we were never really ever consistent church goers. Like I did not grow up in the church. I didn't really know anything about Jesus. I was like the plus one to church camp or VBS. You know what I mean? Like my friend would invite me and their parents would invite me and I would go for the summer. I would go to the camp thing with them for a week. And I just never, ever really believed it. Like I thought I was too smart 
for that. Like I thought I was like too smart to give in uh, to these made up stories. And what's funny is I can even remember to this day, just like there was always something different about those Christian families. There was always something different about my next door neighbor. When I was really young, their family were awesome, amazing Christians, and I thought they were weird, right? There was just always this aversion that I had to Christian people. And now looking back, I'm like, man, it would have been awesome to actually be friends with her, right? And grow up with her. <laughs> that would have been really cool. And in my life, I actually went through, our family went through a ton of loss. I'm talking about when I was young, my, my grandpa died. And then when I was in the, what, fifth grade, my 19-year-old cousin fell off a train trestle and died. And my next grandpa died. My dad passed. My dad died, right? Then my grandma died and my best friend, like my best friend from sixth grade all the way through high school died in the same week. My grandma and my best friend died within you know, a week of each other. And I, if I was an atheist before that, I became a super atheist real quick. Just over the time, it was like I was in this, and, and, and that's just the highlights of the, like the loss. There was all kinds of great uncles and great aunts and they were older and that's normal but I just felt like everyone close to me and I remember when Dale Earnhardt died because I'm a total redneck I might look quick together but I'm a total redneck and my dad was super into NASCAR watched every NASCAR race like the whole thing every lap every Sunday we were totally into it we would go to races it's like our it was like our thing and I remember the day that Dale Earnhardt died and when he was in that car wreck at the Daytona 500 and I remember thinking to myself, of course he died because everyone close to me, everyone that I love dies. I remember thinking that. And I had to have been in middle school when that happened. And I remember thinking that, of course he died. He has to die because everyone close to me dies. And it's just a sad way of thinking, but that's just how much loss there was in our family. And I didn't believe in God. I ended up going to a, a liberal arts college, a liberal arts school. And which was like totally appropriate at the time for where I was at. But I remember taking a theology class there and now knowing like real theology and learning real theology, like this wasn't a theology class. This was literally like proving the existence that God is not real. Basically, like it wasn't an open discussion of religion. It wasn't an open discussion of learning different religions. It was more like God's not real. God's not real these are all lies. It's all like propaganda. It's all like people trying to control you. And I never knew God ever. And what I did know about him, I thought was weak to buy into that type of thought. I thought religion was literally a control mechanism that like, if they don't tell people there's a God, this is like what I used to say, if they don't tell people that there's a God, then everyone would just run around murdering each other. But the fact that they have so many people believing that there is a God, then people are on their on a better behavior. and They're not just going to run around and kill each other and wreak havoc and all this stuff. And it's really this good versus bad argument that if they're like, it's only there, they've only made this story up and these things up and tell us these things so that we feel like we have a conscience to usually do more good than bad. And so when people say, thank God, I'd be like, why are you thanking God? They'd be like, thank you, God, for this food. And I'd be like, why are you thanking God for the food? You bought it. You cooked it. I don't understand. And I would, roll, I would literally roll my eyes 
when like our extended family would pray over Thanksgiving dinner, I would roll my eyes and be like, oh my gosh, like whatever, hurry up. I was so, I was so sure that God was like, I was so sure that God was as real as the Easter bunny, like legit. Like I thought it was just like, like Santa Claus. Oh, we just tell them that because it's better for them if they believe that there's a Santa Claus. Like that's how I felt about God. <laughs> and I thought that people who loved God, I thought they were weak and they were cheap and they just believed anything that they heard and are being led blindly. And now What's crazy is now I've seen so many miracles. I've seen so many healings. I've seen so much supernatural. I can't wait to tell you guys about all of that. But that I know God ain't weak, y'all. Like, I know he's not weak. Like, the things that I experienced when I was younger and throughout my life, it's like I, I felt like the other side was more powerful. Like, I believed in ghosts. I believed in demonic things. But I didn't believe in God. It didn't make any sense. And where this story goes on is when I met Brandon... I had just the guy that I was engaged to. I just ran off with a girl from Instagram. He had just run off with a girl from Instagram that he told me he was going to a business event out there. And so I booked the flight, I booked the hotel, booked all the things. So I'm out there. We had been together for six years. He took me to my senior prom and he goes out there. I think he's at a business event. People start hitting me up on Instagram, DMing me a picture of them kissing okay, at a restaurant. And I was totally blindsided. I had no idea that was coming. And so when he got back, of course, like throw the ring at him, I left. We had a house there. We had recently moved out of our old apartment. And like when I left that, we were in business together. We were in a network marketing company and it was all built pretty much under his social security number. And so like we're engaged to be married, like we're a couple months away from getting married. And when I walked away from him, I walked away from my income. I walked away from my money. I think I had 200 bucks on my debit card and that's all I had to my name. Like everything else was in his bank account under his social. Like I had no right to, to any of those things. Like we weren't married yet. There was no, if we took this to court, I'd get half. Like we weren't married. Stupid of me. I know. Stupid. <laughs> I, will, yeah. I wouldn't recommend it. And so I had no money. I had no home. Just got out of a seven-year relationship, six, seven-year relationship with someone. And what's super crazy is I literally had nothing. Like I remember I went back and started squatting in our old apartment. And what I mean by old apartment is they hadn't turned our old apartment for the next lease yet. So I went and started squatting in that apartment. I had a blow-up mattress. I went to, to Walmart, bought a blow-up mattress, and I bought a skillet, and I bought egg whites, and that's basically how I was living. I was living in this empty apartment with nothing but carpet with a blow-up mattress and a skillet and egg whites in the fridge, and that is it. And what's funny is I was like at rock bottom, and to most people from the outside, it didn't look like rock bottom because I just won my IFBB Pro card I had just lost all this weight. I had just done uh, accomplished this huge feat. Like our business was growing great. All these things from the outside looked amazing. And I was completely broken, like completely broken. But in my mindset and my personality, I'm just like, I'm going to build it back bigger and better and all these things. And I'm going to just get back after it. I can do it again. And but on the inside, internally, it was such a struggle for me. And I felt like I had lost all these people in my life. And now like this person I'm supposed to be married lost them too. And I was 
just devastated. I was absolutely devastated. And Psalm 34, 18 says, the Lord is close to the brokenhearted and saves those who are crushed in spirit. And that was me. I was crushed in spirit. And so this is where Brandon comes in because Brandon is really the linchpin to how I met and found Jesus, right? Like how that relationship grew. And so when Brandon saw me go single on Facebook, he called me and I didn't know him. Like I had no idea who he was. And so he calls me up. He calls me up and I'm like, who's calling me from Albuquerque, New Mexico, right? Like I had no idea where that was at the time. I'm over here in Indiana. He's, I'm like, I don't even know, like Albuquerque, right? Who's even heard of Albuquerque besides like Bugs Bunny saying it, right? Like you take a left at Albuquerque. But he called me when he saw me go single on Facebook and we just started FaceTiming every night. Like I was like, this guy's cool. He's super into personal development. This is awesome. And this is where I'm going to say I did not know that he was, had just turned 19 at the time. Okay. I was 23. I was 23 or yeah, 20, 23, I think 24, maybe. Anyways. So I, we started FaceTiming every night and we we're just having great conversations for 10 nights. We're having conversations and I'll tell the whole story later about how Brandon romantically swooped me off my feet. Maybe I'll bring him on to share that story of how we got together and do a marriage episode. But we started FaceTiming every night and we were talking and eventually he convinced me to drive out to Denver. Okay, so I end up out there and he was like, just come stay for a week. Just get out of that apartment. Come see. I'd never seen mountains before. Come see the mountains. And I was like, all right, I'll go for seven days. Long story short, I never went home. <laughs> I'll tell that later. But he had just gotten saved at the time. Like he had just gotten saved maybe two months before. And I didn't know this then. Like I didn't know this when I was talking to him because if, if I had known that like I had to go to church with this guy, if I had known that like I was walking in to this kind of like environment <laughs> in these types of like conversations, like I would not have touched him with a 10 foot pole. Like I would have been out. That's how against it I was. Like if I would have known this guy that I really liked and thought was super cool. And was like, hey, let's go like actually meet in person and that kind of thing. And just so you guys know, before you freak out that I was like, didn't know this guy, I he checked out. We had a lot of mutual friends. We were in, in the same network marketing company. There was lots of like leaders and adults. When I say adults, 40-year-olds, we were like 20, right? Who were like, yeah, he's awesome. I know his parents. He's great. So he checked out. He checked out. And, and so I remember on Sunday after I'd gotten out there, I remember him turning on church on his laptop. And I couldn't freaking stand it. Like I could not stand it. Like when the worship music would come on, I would feel like I was about to explode. Like my, my, I felt like my head was going to blow off. Like I was so angry and I was so mad and it made me feel like I was going to throw up and like plug. I wanted to plug my ears and not listen to it. And I would find an excuse to get up and, and go do something during worship and come back. Or I would go like make a shake or leave the room and do it because I literally couldn't sit in the presence of worship. Like I literally could not, my body could physically not sit there and hear worship music. It couldn't do it. Like I, have you ever been around something that just like completely disgusts you? And you're just like, uh, to your core, you're like, oh, I cannot stand this. This is just, oh my, I'm going to like either blow up and get mad and get crazy or like I'm going to leave. And, and so that's, it literally disgusted me to my core. And then each Sunday, 
over again and over again and over again and over again for three months. I just could not freaking stand it. I couldn't be in the room when he would. I would literally when he would. I would make sure when we got in the car to go places that I was the one like playing the music so he wouldn't turn on worship music. Like legit, because I, that's how much I couldn't stand it, that I would make sure I have to get my phone plugged in first. It was a whole thought for me, like how to get my phone plugged in first so he doesn't play none of that music and all this. And man, after three months of this absolute torture of having church on a laptop, I had the thought, I had the thought like, why is this having such an effect on me? Why is like hearing this so hard for me? Why does it like disgust me so much? Why does it make me want to throw up? And I was so shocked by that thought that before I, I like I'd, I'd never ha- had any type of realization like that, that there might be something stirring up in me because I didn't know anything, you guys. Like I, had, I knew nothing. So nowadays, you guys that are, are spiritually mature would be like, yeah, dude, it's stirring up something in your spirit that's like in there. And it doesn't want to listen to it, right? And I know that now, but I was so shocked by this thought of like, why is it having such an effect on me? And I I was like, man, there must be something different about this. Like, why is it making me so angry? Why is it making me so mad? And what is like the correlation here? Like when I listen to rap music that has the F word every two seconds and that has like literally disgusting words and phrases in them. Why does that not have the, why does that not do it to me? And that's, and I used to listen to like really bad stuff, stuff that'll make you blush. Why does that not have an effect on me? But this worship music, that's simply just like praising God and talking about Jesus. Why does it have such an effect on me? And so I literally just sat in this thought and it was like freaking my brain out. It was like freaking my brain out that, whoa, hold on. Like what is going on here? And so as my brain is freaking out, Pastor Steve is talking, who is the head pastor of Brandon's Church out of Albuquerque and one that we ended up growing up in together. When I say growing up and like spiritually growing up in that church and the the pastor on there, Pastor Steve, he started talking about fathers during this. So I have this big revelation that, whoa, this music is having some type of internal effect on my body. Like I'm having a physical manifestation of listening to this music. And it felt like someone was like trying to my skin was crawling like someone's trying to like crawl out of me when I'm listening to it and so then Pastor Steve starts talking about fathers okay earthly fathers versus the heavenly father and right then as soon as he started talking about it I'd never experienced this before but it was like I knew that he was talking to me I knew that this message was for me and I and it was almost like so uncomfortable right? I knew it was for me. It felt like I was like, I was watching on a computer and it felt like I was the only one in the sanctuary. That's how specific it was. And just talking about how you have your heavenly father and your earthly father and your earthly father, like you have a relationship with, but your heavenly father created you and that you're going to be with him eternally. You're going to be with him forever. And he loves you no matter what. And all these things that is I felt like I lost that when my dad died. I felt like I lost that father relationship. And he starts talking about how we're all his children and he's our father. And that even if you don't have an earthly father or your earthly father is gone, like he is your father, like you have a father. And man, it just struck me. And I, I'm one that proclaims I don't have any feelings. And it just struck me so bad that I was like holding back tears, like watching this sermon 
because I knew it was for me. And he started talking about how having most of us just have a a Jesus sized hole in our heart that we've been trying to fill with things. And I just had this almost like a flashback through things of me trying to fill my heart, fill this hole that I had since losing my dad with all these different things, which was myself. Like I was all about me. I was all about loving me in, in a bad way, in an unhealthy way of meaning like loving me, but nobody else matters type of myself. Um, trying to fill that hole with food and like my food addiction and all of my eating distor- dis- eating disorders that had started after my dad died. And it was like the thing that I felt like I could control. And then alcohol, trying to fill it with alcohol and like numb or drugs. And back then, I'm not, I, I, I was a heathen back in the day. When I say drugs, I'm like, yeah, we, I used to smoke a lot of weed in college and all this stuff. And even before that, it's like I tried to fill and numb and do all those things to fill this hole that I had and money. Like I used to, I used to think, oh, if I had money, it would just fix everything. And I found that wasn't true. And relationships, like I would try to fill that hole with relationships to where like I was codependent in relationships because I was trying to fill this hole that I had inside. I was trying to fill it with another person. And I finally saw during this sermon, I finally saw it as a Jesus shaped hole instead of just like a hurt. Like I saw it as like a puzzle piece missing. Right. And Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, all of you. And Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, all. Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Matthew eleven twenty eight says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. And that's, it had felt like I had never had rest before. It's like always I was in this cycle of trying to find the next thing. What's the next thing I can numb with? What's the next thing that'll keep my attention? What's the next addiction that I'm going to have that keeps me from thinking of these things and this hurt and this pain and all of this loss? And as he was talking about fathers, I was just like, you know what? I know there's something that is bothering me in my spirit. I didn't know it was my spirit at the time, but I just know there's something that's so bothering about this worship music that like I don't have this type of reaction to anything else. And now this sermon is speaking directly to me. And I was like, what's it going to hurt? Worst case scenario, I say the little prayer that they do at the end and then nothing happens and cool. But if I don't, like the repercussion of not doing it, like if it is true and it is real and like God and like Jesus still does all the things that they say he does in all of this, like and, and I have eternal life. So I was thinking, like, what's the worst that can happen? If I say this little prayer that they do at the end, okay, if it's not true, then, okay, cool. It's not really a difference. I said some words, right? But if it is true, if Jesus is still doing the things that they're, they say they're, he's doing, he's still doing miracles, if healing still happen, if, you can, if, if he'll take the burden of pain and hurt and depression and anxiety and all this. I'm like, if that is true and I have there's there is an eternal life after this, then I am risking a lot by not saying this prayer, right? And so I I said the little prayer like all quiet to myself 
And after I said it all quiet to myself, I even went in the bathroom and like said it again where I actually say it because I didn't want Brandon to know. And I literally got saved via live stream. And because I was like the person who didn't feel, I I didn't want to feel like I've been taken advantage of. I was believing in something that turned out not to be true. And so I said that prayer, got saved via live stream, and everything started to change from there. Like 2 Corinthians 5, 17 says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. And after I said that prayer, I felt like so much peace so much more peace and stillness in my body. Like the worship music never bothered me anymore. Like I was trying to seek, right? I was trying to seek and find. And now all of a sudden I'm like, okay, what what do I need to learn? Where do I need to start? What do I do now? And I just started like watching as many sermons as possible and started learning. I started watching the Bible Project. If you guys have never seen the Bible Project, it is amazing. It basically breaks down like different books of the Bible and gives you like the synopsis of everything because I was like starting from knowing nothing and I'm like okay I want to start I've said this prayer now I want to do some research (laughs) and make it like logically make sense some things don't logically make sense you guys like in the next two episodes I'm going to share with you those things do not logically make sense at all all right and some things don't but I didn't know this at the time so I'm researching I'm watching the Bible project I'm trying to learn I'm trying to like see if I'm getting got, see if I'm getting had. And I'm watching all these things. I'm like, oh my gosh, like this is crazy. Actually learning about it because I never really knew anything about the Bible. I just thought it wasn't true. Oh yeah, okay. A bunch of guys wrote something and they're all sitting around a table together writing it. I'm like, such a dumb thought. It's not true. And so I read A Case for Christ. If you haven't read that, it was like atheists trying to prove that God's not real, that it's all a lie and everything that he finds (laughs) points in the direction that God is real. (laughs) Jesus was alive, real man, walked this earth, performed miracles, all of it. And so he ends up getting saved because he couldn't disprove it. So he had literally set out to disprove it and proved it right. And he was an atheist like me. And I was just like, wow, like this is crazy. This is wild. And so I started living this whole new life. Like I felt anger had left me, like the feeling of being alone had left me. And so I decided to to get baptized. When we went back to, to Legacy Church in Albuquerque, which is by far like the freaking most amazing church in this nation. Pastor Steve is incredible. If you ever need a church to stream, look up Legacy Church in New Mexico. Stream Pastor Steve. He was like the only church in all of New Mexico who stayed open during COVID. He was like, you can't shut the doors of the church. Like he's freaking awesome. But his messages are so real. And so I can take each of his messages into the week and say, okay, this is what I'm going to work on this week. Instead of you just like reading scripture to me and me trying to figure out what that means because I was a baby Christian. Pastor Steve is freaking amazing. You got to watch him if you need a good church to stream. (laughs) But maybe I'm just maybe I'm just biased because I got I grew up in that church and got saved at that church via live stream. After I got baptized, I just remember when I got baptized, like from the outside looking in, it looks like you're just being dunked in water. But I remember like when I got baptized, I truly, when I, they dunked my head under the water and I came up out of the water, I remember feeling like I actually feel different. Like I actually, I had the chills when you get like cold chills and you can feel it on your arm hairs. Like when you get chills and you can feel it internally and you can feel it inside of you, that's what it felt like. And so I came up out of this water and I was like, 
oh my gosh, like something has changed in me. Like something has become different. Something has shifted after I got baptized. And it was like, I cried. I'm not a crier. And I got baptized and I freaking cried. Like I legit knew that I had become a new creation. Like it was crazy. And so I got super involved in the church, went directly to, okay, what do I do now? What do I do now? I got saved. I got baptized. What do I do now? And I'm still learning as I go, you guys. This is what I'm like nine years into this thing nine years and I'm still learning every day and it's not like I have to know everything this second when I didn't know anything then and I was just taking it day by day and just trying to learn something new each day and learn about Jesus each day and for me so many people talk about religion like oh religion I agree religion is awful religion is awful but knowing Jesus is totally different it's a relationship like I walk about my day talking to Jesus like he's my friend right next to me because I mean because he is I I talk to him like he's there like I discuss things with him before I you know record this podcast I'm talking to him what do I need to say what stories do I need to tell like give me wisdom and give me charisma and give me energy and give me thoughts that I need to just to share and I'm talking to him I don't do anything without him now and so I've come this such a long way in the last nine years that I, looking back, I'm like, I can't believe I was ever living my life that way. And so I start, started getting super involved in the church. I started serving. I was like the VIP girl that was like in the parking lot when new people would roll up and park in the new parking spaces. And I would bring them in and give them a tour of the church. And and it was so awesome. And I was doing that like service after service every week, two times a week at Sundays and Wednesdays, going to church twice a week, tithing every single week, like getting super serious about tithing. and it just absolutely changed my life. Absolutely. Like 180'd my life. And that story is not over. <laughs> that story is not over. It continues to unfold. But if you're someone who you've been seeking or maybe you're like, man, I feel like I have a hole in my heart and you've tried to fill it with everything, but it's still feeling empty. Like I, I get that. I understand that more than like I was in that place. I was in that darkness. I was in that unhappiness, that discouragement, that I couldn't get out of bed in the morning for years. Like I just didn't, I didn't like my life. I didn't like living my life. I couldn't stand it. I was sad all the time and and taking it out on and never admitting it and taking it out on alcohol and food and people and with my anger and my attitude all the time. And then it's like this shift happened in me. And it's crazy because it's crazy because it it would almost look like two different people. If you look at them now side by side, the two versions of me, it looks like two completely different people. And, And I think as I've matured in this relationship, as I've developed other Christian friends and done Bible studies and I'm in a mastermind for Christians and like you continue to get around other people and be around those people it's like people that I couldn't stand hanging out with before because oh you're so righteous and that was just like that was just something that was hindering me because it's like they never treated me like that they never thought that they were always super supportive of me they asking me if they could pray for me trying to help me and I was just I couldn't have it like I had to it was like I need a Christian repellent to spray like psh Christian repellent. And 
And so now it's like, that's the people I love having in my life. And I've just grown so much in that. And so I understand what it's like to feel alone. I understand what it's like to feel hopeless. I understand what it's like to feel just like on the outside looking into everything. I know what it's like to experience a lot of grief and a lot of loss. And so if you feel like you've had a hole in your heart, if you feel like you've tried to fill it with everything and you're still feeling empty, if you feel like you're numbing with alcohol or drugs or relationships or achievements because you're trying to fill this thing or be distracted by things like I totally get that. I was in that same exact place. I went through that for years and years and years and years. And I can just tell you that after now knowing and having a relationship with Jesus versus like religion, right? Like religion, I don't believe in. Relationship with Jesus, I believe in. That's why people say, are you a Christian? I'm like, I follow Jesus because Christian can mean a lot of things. And so you have to peel off the religion piece of it. You have to peel off that piece and say, okay, if we're throwing religion out the window, right? If we're throwing religion out the window, like relationship, that's something totally different. Like someone who you love, they love you back, right? Someone who's there to help you, to guide you, to support you. Someone that came and died for you. It's just a crazy different perspective and way to look at it when you start thinking of it as a relationship instead of religion. Don't let the word religion hold you back from having supernatural (laughs) transformation in your own life. Don't let that word hold you back because I don't believe in that word either. That's what I was running from was religion because that's what I experienced and that's what I had seen was religion. And like, that's not the way God wrote the Bible. The things that I've heard, seen things at other churches and stuff. It's That's not in the Bible at all. Now that I've read the whole Bible front to back, I'm like, yeah, I don't even know where they got that. Oh, you have to talk to someone to talk to God. That's not real. God actually says, don't do that. He said, speak to me, right? You talk directly to me. You don't have to go through a man to talk to God. And so when you peel the religion piece off of it and you just focus on having a relationship, how can I get to know Jesus better? How can I walk more like Jesus? How can I walk alongside of him? How can I focus on him? How can I focus on being more like him? And you just focus on that relationship. Your world will supernaturally transform. Everything that's a problem, that issue for you right now, everything that's bound you, everything that you've struggled with, all of your iniquities, everything that's hard. Yes, I'm not saying that it won't be hard, but I'm saying you won't be going through it alone anymore. And so if this is you, I just want to give you this opportunity. So whether... Whether or not you have this hole or you've been seeking something or you've been seeking the wrong places or you're hurt by religion or you have church hurt from when you were younger or no one's just ever told you about Jesus, I want to give you this opportunity. So whether you know I've never known him or maybe you do and you've just walked away and you don't have that relationship with him, I want us to, to pray together. For those of you who want to know him. And like I said, either I'm a fire breathing dragon or my transformation's true. I think over the next two episodes, you guys are really, really going to see that side. But I want to give you this opportunity to, to pray this because there's one of two things like either it's not true when you say a couple words that don't mean anything, if it's not true, or this completely transforms your life and you have eternal life after this, which if it's real, why would you want to risk that? If it turns out to be real, why would you want to risk that? Because that's how my mind works. And then 
after if you say this prayer, go look up the Bible project on YouTube and watch them and watch the patterns of things throughout the Bible and get to know it for yourself instead of going off of someone else's words, instead of going off of someone else's perspective, instead of going off what someone else is telling you, go read it for yourself. Go watch those videos for yourself. Because after I did, I was like, this is nothing like I thought it was. This is nothing like I thought it was. And now I'm like obsessed with it. Like I read it every morning because I'm like, dude, this is like the juiciest book ever made. Legit. Um, if you want a good study Bible, I would suggest um, the Dake, D-A-K-E. It is a great study Bible. This guy spent his life's like hours. I'm talking like 10 hours a day, every day of his life. I did the math, like almost every day of his life to create this study Bible. And all he did was basically break down the Bible into terms where it's understandable and it'll and it puts like everything in bullet points after you read it. It's amazing. So I would highly suggest that study Bible um, if you need one. So if this is you, if this is you and you want to have a relationship with Jesus, I just want us to pray together. So um, whether you know him, you don't, um, you've never had a relationship or you've walked away, I just want to pray this together and you guys just repeat after me. So you can just put your little hand over your little heart. That's what I like doing. I feel like it's sweet. But dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you lived a sinless life and died on the cross for my sins. I confess that you are Lord and I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I ask you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Dear Lord Jesus, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner and I need your forgiveness. I believe you lived a sinless life and died on the cross for my sins. I confess that you are Lord and I believe God raised you from the dead. Today, I ask you into my heart as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for forgiving me. Thank you for saving me. In Jesus' name, amen. Ladies, if I can get saved via live stream, you can come to know Jesus via podcast <laughs> for sure. So if that was you, if you prayed that prayer, please send me a message. I would love to just support you in that. I remember saying it and being like, okay, what do I do now? I think the Bible Project and the Dake Study Bible are two great places to start. Or just open, download the Bible app. It's a little brown icon. Download that Bible app from the App Store and start on just one of the plans. There's a uh, Bible study plans for like anxiety or depression or work or marriage or parenting or motherhood or being a wife, like all those types of things. So maybe start with a theme first and start to read it and learn it in that way. So I'd highly suggest that app, but I appreciate you ladies so much. If you prayed that prayer, please hit me up. Let me know. I would love to support you in that. And Ladies, I've had an excellent time today sharing kind of part one of the story. This is just the foundation that gets into all the juicy stuff. Next time I'm going to talk about my supernatural healing. And then after that, I'm going to talk about being freed from demonic oppression. So it's going to get juicier from here. If you guys wouldn't mind, take one second, hit that five star button in the reviews. Please, I appreciate it so much. Helps with the algorithm. Subscribe to the podcast because I drop these on different days, just depending on how busy I am. I'm filming this at six o'clock in the morning. And then who knows when it'll drop after it gets edited. 
And so I'm just like doing it as I go. So there's not a there's not a rhythm to this. So if you subscribe, you'll be notified as soon as an episode drops. So please subscribe to the channel. I appreciate that so much. I've loved you. I've had a great time with you. Jesus loves you. And I'm so excited for those of you who prayed that prayer. This is like where the new journey begins. And I can't wait to walk it with you. So love you, ladies. And I'll see you next time. Bye.